You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Take a pause from your to-do list with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of On Call with KB. I am your host, KB, and we have a great segment today where we're giving you all of the tea about season six, episode 22 of Grey's Anatomy called Shiny Happy People with the vibrant, so fabulous, I mean, an incredible baker, a dynamic writer, and a fundraising guru, Kendall. Hello. Thank you for having me. So excited. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to chat with you about this because, you know, we have talked offline about um, Grays and, um, you know, it's always some foolery. But before we get into it, let's talk about this episode because in this episode, this is a huge friendship drama one in the sense that Meredith and Christina are kind of beefing and it's over a man, but not in the traditional sense. Listen, Meredith expects nothing but top tier gold for her bestie, Christina. And Owen is not serving it up for her. She is weary of Owen and Christina's relationship because she still believes that Owen has feelings for Teddy. And in the highest of keys, our girl Meredith is not wrong. Now, um, when it comes to her relationship with Derek, she is actually trying this new thing where she keeps her her two besties kind of separate. So she has a relationship with Derek, and that's very different and very separate from her relationship with Christina. And she's trying not to cross any boundaries between either of those, but it is causing major complications, specifically with Christina, this particular episode. And so, you know, Christina is like, girl, just be my friend and tell me what's up. And she's like, but you know, I got Derek. I can't be sharing our secrets. Ah. And so it forces Christina to kind of have a, a really challenging conversation with Owen directly about Teddy. And he shares some things and we all see that uh, Teddy is kind of waiting in the wings in the background um, unexpectedly. But, you know, Teddy finds out that, yeah, Owen tried to have her fired. And while Owen is like, I don't know how my feelings are with Teddy 
quite yet. Everyone as a viewer knows, baby, you are firmly in love with her. Um, and elsewhere, you know, Teddy's getting hit from both sides because not only is Owen, aka, you know, her her war bestie out here talking about her behind her back, and she found out he tried to get her fired. But Mark, you know, she's having a casual sexual relationship with Mark. And baby, she catches Mark coming out the shower after he has sex with Ree. So, like, what is the truth, Mark? Mark out here always sleeping with someone to hide his true emotions. And we know in this episode, it's because he still loves Lexi. And uh, elsewhere, we have Bailey. Bless. Bailey, finally. She's divorced. She's a single mom. She is getting the sex that she deserves with Warren. But our girl's catching feelings. And let's be real. Bailey is not hit it and quit it type girl, in my opinion. Like, she is very much a relationship mama. And, uh, you know, she caught those feelings extra quick. And Warren had to be like, all right, you know, we need to have a conversation because I need you to know I'm not playing with you or your feelings. I got it. You're not that type of woman. You want a committed relationship. So let's do it. So those are the highlights of the episode. Kendall, oh my gosh, first and foremost, where were you when you first encountered and fell in love with Grey's? And, you know, what was kind of that episode for you that did it? All right. Well, let me time travel back because when Grey's Anatomy first started, I remember Grey's Anatomy and Supernatural started at the same time. And so for me, it was like that same, like 2005, 2004, 2005, something like that. And so Supernatural started and I was like, yes, this is for me. Grey's Anatomy started and I was like, oh my God, that sounds so great. Not my kind of thing. Because I never watch hospital dramas. Like I've never seen it on <gasps> ER. Girl, fun fact. ER, the OG, I'm going to force you to go back and rewatch it because it is on streaming and it is divine and incredible. But I will not hold it against you. I will not. Like it just real talk. The only hospital drama that I had ever seen was General Hospital. And that was just <laughs> because that's what my grandparents watched. Like my soap opera was and will forever be the young and the restless. So period. Yeah, period. So when Grey's Anatomy came out, I was kind of like, uh, okay. And then somewhere in the like the middle of the first season, like one of my friends, she was like, girl. What are you doing? Why are you not watching this? And she wanted to watch it while I was over to her house. And so I watched one episode. It was in the middle of the first season. And I had so many questions. I was like, oh, so so they're sleeping together. But then she likes him. But then who is this? And then I was just asking all the questions. And she's like, girl, if you don't shut up. And I was like, okay, fine. Then I need to go watch it myself. (laughs) Not girl, if you don't shut up. I'm asking these questions. I'm trying to figure out what's happening in this episode. And you asking me about stuff that you should have been done watch. I'm like, okay, that's fair. And so, yeah, I just, I got into it because I had questions. And then I, yeah, I was like sucked into it. And for this episode in particular, I think it really just speaks to what drew me into the show overall, which is like you said, it's the relationships, you know, it's the friendships. It It is the steaminess, yes, but how they like all relate to one another. And I really, really loved this episode because even, you know, like the medical parts of it, I'm not really into, but even those storylines are about the relationships 
really, you know, between like the patient and the doctor or the patient and their husband or wife or whoever, or in this situation, you know, the long lost love <laughs> that we saw. Oh um, and so it was just really, it was just really heartwarming. Like, I felt like a lot of Grey's Anatomy can be just like really extreme. I'm like, wow, this is, this is a lot. But this one was one that I felt was just, yeah, it was so very heartwarming, this episode. And that's what kind of kept me watching Grey's Anatomy is that there were just so many heartwarming moments and that's what I liked about it. Uh, yes, I think you're right. You know, this episode for me felt um, a bit more balanced in the sense that there were more heartwarming moments than we're used to. Now, there was still some drama because there's always some foolery, but it was still very much like like having this elderly couple in the middle be reunited and fall so hard, I think is always great. Grace does parallels really well. So, I mean, you know, we're going to get into that. So let's talk about Owen and Christina first, because Owen has a lot of trauma about going to war. And, you know, again, whether or not he wants to admit it, I do believe that he loves Teddy. I think that he loves Teddy in the only way that he currently knows how to in this moment. I don't think that that's necessarily a healthy or sustainable love, but I do find that to be because he is working kind of through his trauma with his physician and his therapist. And he's, you know, like really actively trying to kind of work through those um, negative patterns and his PTSD and a whole lot of other stuff that has happened in his life. And he's on a journey. So I think that he loves Teddy, but I also do believe that he loves Christina. And he may or may not kind of associate Teddy with so much kind of negativity and negative energy that he just is like, oh, this will never be. He's almost kind of talked himself out of it, if that makes sense. And even though she's his best friend and they've been through a lot, it is kind of scary, right, to have someone who's seen all parts of you and still love you. And I kind of think he's like running away from that to a degree, even though Christina has seen kind of the worst of him in some ways. But it's a little bit different because Teddy was literally in the trenches with him when those things occurred, right? And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but the Owen and Teddy like relationship now in these newer seasons it's actually a very good one. It's a strong one. And I'm kind of glad that they had to go through everything that they went through right now. And I will say, even though I initially was hesitant about Owen and Christina as a couple, um, I do think he needed to be with Christina in order to grow, in order to become the person that he was going to be for Teddy. That sounds terrible, but it's also true. So what did you think about uh, Owen and Christina as a couple? I mean, I agree with you. It's It sounds terrible, but it's also true. It's like, I, I felt bad. There was a line in this episode that really stuck with me. And it was when Christina and Meredith were talking and she was like, I need this. And that to me just kind of symbolized that like, you're trying to force something that's not exactly where you want it to be. And it's kind of like, like you were saying, like Teddy was there for like these like deep, deep, deep moments. So there's a certain vulnerability there. Um, also like mixed in with, you know, the trauma and everything that Owen is going through. And so it's like, I do like Owen and Christina just, you know, on the surface, but whether or not they're, they were actually really good for each other at that moment, I wasn't, I wasn't there to support it. You know what I mean? It's like, I think that there are aspects of the relationship that like, yeah, you all could 
be really good or you could have been really good. But like right now in this moment, I don't, it's not working. And deep down, you know, it's not working, but you just really, really want to be happy that you're going to keep telling yourself that you can be and that you are when you're not, if that makes sense, you know? No, it makes sense because I honestly think when your very best friend, when your person in life, you know, finds their partner, their romantic partner in life, and you are kind of there and you're still dating, you're still searching. It's almost like she's like, I need this to work because you've already found someone and you've abandoned me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's almost like she's kind of like, I don't want to be left alone to pick up the pieces and you have Derek. So like, what am I supposed to do now? On one hand, I'm like, girl, date someone who doesn't work at this hospital because... (laughs) That actually is probably going to be helpful. Um, on the other hand, she's like, girl, I don't have time to meet new people outside of this hospital. So it's going to be Alex. It's going to be Owen. It's going to be mixing. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be McSteamy. Uh, I, what, what are my options? Because they're here in my face. So she's kind of like, Owen is it. So I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's very much kind of, you know, when you see all of these giant red flags, but you're weighing that against being by yourself. And sometimes it's like, uh... yeah, and that's why we don't that's why we don't see the red flags. We don't want to see them because you don't want to be alone. Right. Yeah. Which is a hard pill to swallow. And so in this episode, it's interesting because the parallels between them and the real couple goals and MVPs of the episode, Henry and Betty, who are reunited after 50 years. I found that every single person in a relationship at that hospital during this time could have learned something from Henry and Betty because the energy when he saw her, first off, my guy was like, am I going blind? Am I having a stroke? Is something wrong with my head? I think I see a ghost. He recognized her immediately. It had been 50 years and he was like, that's my boo, honey, like period. And he basically proposed to her after an hour. And so I'm watching like, where are these men? Where are the Henrys? Because truly, He was like, I know what I've wanted my entire life. And it didn't work out the first time. We both married other people. We both had families. You know, we both made a choice. But this second time around, I'm not going to squander it. I really felt that. So um, they're one of my favorite relationships. I'm going to say, too, Warren also gave energy because Warren was like, girl, are you going to get naked or what? Yes. Like, you're talking a lot. And what is the truth? So those are probably my two um, favorite. But let's talk about Mark. Because Mark is always in a threesome. I don't know. Maybe Mark's lucky number is three because he truly is always involved in a triad of of sorts when it comes to dating. He is in love with Lexi. She's with Alex now. Look, that's that's one side of the triangle. Then he is sleeping with Teddy, but also Reed, another side of a triangle. He is always engaged in, you know, obviously um, there was Addison and Derek. So there's always a scenario with him and a couple of people and it don't always go right. Listen, I just need Mark to mean what he says and says what he means. And by the end of the episode, he does. Is his timing ideal? It is not. But let me tell you how my man said one of my favorite lines in television history when she said, yeah, but I have a boyfriend. And he said, I know you have a boyfriend, but I'm telling you, you could have a husband. Hello. Well, excuse me then, sir. Like, I mean, run that back one good time. It's giving, I choose you, let's do it, no games. But I just find that like, you know, Mark and Lexi have been on such a journey in this episode. 
was so interesting because the entire time Lexi is like trying to convince herself that she's over Mark. And we all looking at her like, okay, girl, sure. So what do you think about Mark and Lexi and Alex and poor Alex? Like Alex be choosing the wrong woman every single time. <laughs> every time. Yeah. No, that, that was actually, um, my little favorite relationship moment because of that line. But yeah, that was really, that was really it because I think like running away from vulnerability, you know, when you say out loud what you really, really, really want, that's like the biggest risk because you, you've said it, you've put yourself out there. And now if you don't get it, that's where you can be like the most hurt. Right. And so you do everything in your power to avoid disappointment or to avoid, you know, grief or sadness until you really just have to have a moment where you're like, all right, show up, you know, say say what you need to say. And so when he said that line, it's kind of like, all right, thank you finally for saying it. Is it a huge risk? Yes, it is. But at the end of the day, you said what you needed to say and it's either going to work or it's not and you're gonna be better for it. And so I just think all of the, this behavior is just like, you you know what you really, really, really want. And so when he finally at the end was just like, look girl, you can be with me. And this is what I have to offer. I was like, finally, thank you. Yes, that was my moment. That was my mm. moment. Listen, life is full of letdowns and risk, honey. Go ahead and tell that person you love them. We don't have time. Now, listen, Mark may be messy, but by the end, he really owns his vulnerability. And throughout the episode, he really is giving Bailey good advice because they are two sides of the same coin, honestly, in this episode when it comes to vulnerability, because Bailey is so upset with Warren, but she's actually not really saying nothing to him. She's mostly freezing him out, icing him out. She's being petty in the OR. But she's not really saying, okay, you hurt my feelings. I thought we had something going, et cetera, et cetera. And also, to be fair, Bailey has been out of the dating game for a very long time. So she is not used to having an exclusivity conversation for a very long time. But she also is not handling well because she's not really communicating that. And I'm like, girl, what is the truth? So could you relate to Bailey in this episode? And I, I don't know. I enjoy the evolution of Bailey, but I also enjoy the fact that she is a woman who's committed and she just doesn't apologize for it. While everyone else in the hospital is doing what they do with who they want to, Bailey's like, I actually prefer to be in a relationship and that's just how I'm going to live my life. And I'm like, you know what, girl, do you do what makes you happy. I like that for you. Yeah. I could empathize, but I couldn't relate. Mm, (laughs) mm. I just think the reason why I couldn't relate is because it's not how I personally would respond because I'm like you. I'm like I don't I don't have time. Like if I if I feel irritated about something or if I saw something and I questioned it and I'm like mm, I don't know what that what this is. I'm just gonna bring it up. So her reaction is not the reaction that I would take. But I completely understand you know where she's coming from. I'm also to be fair not a person that you know has a child and is going through a very messy, difficult, stressful divorce while also working, you know, as a doctor in a very high stress (laughs) hospital situation. So it's kind of like, all right, I have to take that stock in terms of like how I can, how I can actually relate, but I 100% empathize with her in that situation. He he is a good flirt. So, I mean, it it can look pretty convincing. I mean, you know, to be fair to Bailey, it's kind of like, "Mm," but yeah. Right. Like, I'm not going to be talking over you in the ER. 
We don't need to have a conversation before we get into, excuse me, in the ER, before we get to the OR. I'm going to need to have this conversation with you because I'm not going to ice you out. And also you're the anesthesiology on my, uh, anesthesiologist, excuse me, on my service. And I need you to be focused and I need to focus and I don't really need to be thinking about ways that I can be petty with you right now when a patient's life is in my hands. So instead... Let's talk about it before or let's talk about it after. But when we're in this OR together, baby, I need you to be a rock star anesthesiologist and do what absolutely needs to be done so we can save this patient's life. I don't need this extra drama right now. So I'm with you there. Sometimes I got to be like, listen, we just have to talk it out. As uncomfortable as it may be, we're just going to have to talk it out. So I have to ask, who is your favorite character this episode? Mark, period. (laughs) I love seeing a cynic come around. (laughs) Full circle. After a long day of surgery, a long day of being like, "Ah, I could be in a throuple with Teddy and Reed. And then he has a conversation with like what I like to call his North Star Callie. And she's like, baby, you love Lexi. Stop fighting it. Yeah. Just stop fighting it. Just say it. And he said it. And I'm like, oh, Yes. Thank you. Cause we're all, we're all suffering watching you go through this. So just say it and save us all and save yourself. <laughs> <laughs> now we're all suffering. Okay. Uh, for me, it's definitely going to go, I don't know. Well, it's going to be a little bit of a tie because I do think Meredith comes through. So yes. Um, the couple ideally are my favorite characters. This episode, the hopeless romantic in me, will always love a good love story, particularly between older people. And here's the thing. I love elderly people. I love getting older. I love this idea of age. I think that they are so wise. They have so much wisdom. And I love that life does not have to end when society says it does, Um, particularly, you know, when it comes to older couples losing their first spouse. I think there's always time to find love in life. I think there's always time to do the things you want to do in this lifetime. And I don't think age has anything to do with that. And so I loved seeing kind of this beautiful couple come together. Um, My honorary mention though, is going to go to Warren because energy always. Warren said, girl, if I told you I'm dating you, I'm dating you, period. Like, this is it. Like, I understand you have feelings based on what you saw, but let me tell you what I told you earlier. Let me repeat to you what I'm telling you now. In my personal opinion, Warren, like, dates like me. I'm like, if I said this, and not even when it comes to dating, if I said it, then this is what I mean. Like, there is no room for an additional interpretation. Like, I say what I mean. And Warren's like, I say what I mean. And this is what I mean. Now, girl, or are you ready or not? Because this is what we're doing. So I'm like, shout out to Warren for being such a matter of fact character. Mean what you say, say what you mean. I think that that might be kind of the lesson of this episode. (laughs) Mean what you say, I'll say what you mean at all times, because it could lead to love and more. Um, Well, thank you so much for joining the show. I had so much fun. This is one of my favorite episodes. I'm like, yes, honey, please, Henry and Betty invite me to your second wedding. Um, But thank you for chatting with me and spending time and coming on On Call with KB. You are welcome back anytime. Thank you, girl. I will happily come back for another session. This was so much fun. (laughs) I know. It feels like a little bit of therapy for your own life. But you're talking about the characters like, ooh, what do I need to do after this ends? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) 
Now for a quick break before we dive into our chat with our expert. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Welcome to On Call with KB, Dr. Joe. Happy to be here. Oh my gosh. Listen, so we are chatting about this episode of Grey's that deals with, uh, shocker, complex relationships across the board and not just necessarily romantic ones. So we have Haley May, who is portrayed by Demi Lovato in this episode. Um, and she comes in and she's classified as a psychiatric case in nature, but we find out soon enough that her issue is actually neurological. So I asked Dr. Joe to join today because of her expertise in pediatric psychiatry, which falls directly in line with this episode and what we see um, in Haley May's unique case. So first, Dr. Joe, listen, I always like to ask all of my guests 
tell me a little bit about your life. How did you get into this profession? And was it really just, you know, from a personal connection to medicine? Did you just have an interest in science? Or, you know, like, when did that shift happen? When did you know, oh my gosh, psychiatry is the space for me? So I am Nigerian. I love my Nigerian culture. And a big part of my culture is our delicious fresh food. So I grew up with my family buying goats, buying chickens from farms, and then we would clean them. And that was actually my introduction to anatomy because I got to play with the intestines. I got to play with the brain, the heart, all of it. And so through that exposure, it was always so fascinating to me that this tiny squishy thing that was relatively small compared to the rest of the body just controlled everything. Like that, that's essentially the powerhouse. Um, there were even times that like if my parents bought a chicken and I got to play with the brain and they cooked it and I ate it when I was a young child, I was like, okay, so if I eat a chicken brain, does this make me become a chicken? And so just silly things <laughs> like that. I know the the mind of a child, right? Um, and so that was my first introduction to biology, anatomy, and essence medicine. And my fascination just grew. Um, like in college, I um, did a concentration in neuroengineering, and then decided to go to medical school. And initially, I thought I was actually going to be a neurosurgeon, but, you know, getting exposed to that, I was like, nope, this does not fit my personality. This does not fit the lifestyle that I want. This is not going to provide me the balance that I foresee for my future. Um, and then going through like a neurology rotation, had the same sort of sense. And then with psychiatry, it just fit. It fit my personality style. It fit the things that I was interested in. And so just went through that training process. And here I am today. And I really, really do enjoy the work that I do. You know, it's interesting. My first job was actually for a neurosurgeon. And um, it was my senior year of high school. And it was an internship where I went four hours, you know, a day, every day for five days a week. And it was the most intense. And so I knew, you know, even at that early juncture of my life where I had still planned to go to medical school. And this was, you know, before me going to college and realizing that I didn't want to treat patients, but I wanted to be involved in medicine in a different type of way. Before mm -hmm. that even occurred, I was like, oh, I know I cannot be a neurosurgeon. Like just working with him <laughs> on a day-to-day -day basis, I was like, this is wildly intense. And I kind of want to have more work-life balance. Like I kind of figured that out very, very quickly. <laughs> and I knew that like my personal life would pretty much not exist if I, you know, became a neurosurgeon at that time was what I was thinking. And, and this is my teenage brain, you know, kind of talking and moving for sure. Um, but yes, yes, I love that. So I always like to ask my guests to, you know, um, it's funny because I've had people on this show who had never seen an episode of Grey's Anatomy before, which honestly is like kind of my favorite <laughs> because it's like, <laughs> hey, you're doing this show and this is the first time you're watching it. So you can give me your like true, honest opinions about how you felt. So what is your relationship with Grey's Anatomy? You know, kind of were you an avid fan when it first came out? You know, are you one of those people that you're going to binge watch season 19 when it's over? You know, let me know. There, there are levels to this uh, Grey's cult, as I like to affectionately call it. Oh, there definitely are levels to it. Um, I used to be a huge fan of Grey's Anatomy. I mean, the show still holds a wonderful place in my heart. Um, I think 
it it was just such an unrealistic and entertaining version, um, especially when I was in medical school and residency fellowship. I was like, wait a minute, that never happens. But it just brought almost like a lightness. And, and it's funny to say that in a show like this, where they focus on the drama and uh, tragedy to, to sort of draw people in into um, each episode. I kind of dropped off when Christina left. And um, yeah, it just wasn't the same when she left. And with the whole Izzy storyline, Izzy and Danny, that was so off-putting for me that I think I never quite fell back in love with Grey's Anatomy as I had when it first came out. So I've not seen season 19 at all, but I know it, it exists. What? You don't like the Izzy and Denny storyline? <gasps> that was awful. That was so awful. Oh my God. <laughs> it's one of the greatest I find love stories. It's obviously like wild from a career perspective because you're like, oh, she definitely would have been fired immediately. Oh, like she broke 100%. so many laws and codes and, you know, so many different things. But I found that like the way that Denny loved her is the reason why people watched right like obviously they're having an inappropriate relationship mm -hmm. but the way that he cared for her even in his kind of final days uh and the way that he viewed life the way he taught her to view life i think because of his condition is something that i always loved oh my gosh you might be like the first person i've ever talked to who did not like <laughs> this love story <laughs> I did not consider it's kind of akin to people thinking the love story between Romeo and Juliet was romantic. That is not a romantic story at all. When I look at Izzy and Danny, no, I I saw more codependence and maybe just the lens that I trained it. I did not enjoy that storyline at all. So Denny is, I don't know, Denny loves her in a way that is, I think most authentic to who she is. And I don't think a lot of people really understand Izzy as a character, as a human on the show. Like it's very mm -hmm. hard for her, I think, to find her people in a lot of ways on the show. Yeah. And I think that Denny represents someone who knew almost immediately kind of who she was and understood her in ways that no one else on the show really did maybe apart from Alex and once they get to that. But I think for me, it was when she had the tumor mm -hmm. and saw Denny's ghost. <laughs> that was like a struggle for me to, <laughs> to, to really come on board with. But yeah, I definitely was side-eyeing kind of the, the ghost sex portion. I mean, I understood like once they broke it down with the tumor, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that, you know, there were liberties there. And so, uh, you know, it, it happens with Grays. But let's dive into this episode specifically. So how did you feel about your rewatch of this episode? You know, it has a lot of friendship and relationship drama, but also some very pure romantic moments between that elderly couple who finally gets to be reunited after decades and after like fully lived lives with other partners. <laughs> They're finally back. And it's, it's interesting to see what each individual takes away from like their interactions with this newly reunited couple. As a Christina fan, I was very, very excited to see her again. Um, it almost felt like an old friend that I didn't see in a while. I watched the episode with a relative and we actually legitimately squealed when she popped up on the screen. Um, a lot of the time, like with regards to the elderly couple, a lot of the time with Grace, from what I recall, most of the episodes result in some sort of 
um, tragedy. So as soon as I saw their love story playing up, my mind honestly went to, oh no, which one of them is going to die? And so it was very surprising. I really oh, no. was. And my, oh, no. initially I thought it was going to be the guy, but then I was like, I don't know, this old lady, she looks too healthy. I'm probably going to kill her off. And I was very surprised by their happy ending. I really was. I really enjoyed this episode. I really did. Like, all the oldies were back. Oh, yes, yes. I mean, it's crazy how, like, Grace has kind of trained us to think that something exceptionally bad is going to happen to a character every episode. That sounds terrible. But they made us this way. I mean, truly, truly, they they created this in us. Um, But yes. So let me ask you, just from a pediatric psychiatry perspective what is the most extreme case that you've seen thus far in your career and is it anything even remotely similar to a young girl you know kind of hearing all of her internal organs and being misdiagnosed not not as dramatic as that um the a case that comes to mind is i have um an 11 year old patient who was diagnosed with schizophrenia at age eight. And that's very, very uncommon. Um, schizophrenia by itself is not a common uh, diagnosis. And when you're thinking about schizophrenia, it's divided into three stages. There's a childhood onset, so anyone less than 13 years old. And the prevalence of this in the U.S. is 0.04% of the whole population. So if someone told me I have a 0.04% of getting a cookie, I would probably just go home because chances are I'm not going to get it because that's such a a small percentage. And then you have um, early onset schizophrenia. And those kids are, is anyone diagnosed or whether symptoms show up and they're less than 18, but over 13. And then you have the adult onset, which is um, 18 years and above. And so the patient that I saw, um, she had a number of symptoms, but she had like her blood pressure wasn't quite the what you would expect for, for a child her age. Um, like physically, she had a number of facial anomalies, um, in terms of like her fat distribution, like she had the small neck, the sort of like very round face, very, very short stature, um, didn't really have a lot of features that you'd see in a lot of her other family members, um, and she had some other physical symptoms. And so right now she's working with an endocrinologist to rule out Christian syndrome. But this is someone that presented, had delusions that someone was chasing her and hacked into her computer. She was convinced that she was dating Harry Styles. And so th- there were just a number of things. And if you take just the delusions of people hacking into her computer, the thing of her dating um, Harry Styles, I can see how someone would diagnose her with schizophrenia, but she has a number of other physical symptoms that don't quite, they're not consistent with schizophrenia. And so when I see a patient like her, I'm doing a medical workup, making sure that part is is, is sorted out before we go the route of, of treating it as though it's a, it's a purely psychiatric condition. And with a patient this young, I mean, that's incredibly young. Like, how do you go about really advocating for a patient of that age group and really kind of making sure that there is a thorough workup? Because to your point, she has a lot of other physical ailments. A lot of the time, I mean, the culture that we live in, 
when people hear of psychiatric conditions, um, there's that immediate fear of like, oh no, I don't know what to do with this. And so a lot of the time it's working with both the parents on their fears of what a potential psychiatric condition or diagnosis could mean. Um, actually like going through and saying, these are the diagnoses that I'm considering. These are the workup that I would like to see happen. This is why I'm thinking this. So when I'm with my patients, I'm very, very linear and very concrete in what I'm explaining to them. Like I think out loud with them. So it's not one of those things where they're not walking with me throughout the whole process. And I do the same thing for my colleagues, um, just so that we're all on the same page because the fear and stigma that comes with um, psychiatric diagnosis. It's a little bit better now compared to be like a couple of years ago, but it's still not where we would like it to be. So a lot of it is first addressing the fear that people have associated with the potential of having these diagnoses. And once that part is done, then walking with them um, to actually get the appropriate kind of workup and treatment plan uh, for people. When people come into my office, I never just rush and be like, oh, yeah, we're going to give you this medicine. Like, I actually take my time because like, I, I never want to be in a situation where I do a disservice to someone because that's someone's mother, someone's father, brother, uncle. So the same way and the same sort of courtesy and kindness that I would want shown to me and to people in my family, that's what I always have to constantly remind myself to extend to the people who come into my office. Oh, I love that because in a lot of ways it parallels Alex's journey in this episode because he is quite literally the only physician in this episode that's willing to take his time when it comes to, um, you know, Haley May's case. And he doesn't have a whole lot of time to build trust, but he does immediately kind of let her know that he believes her and he believes what she's saying and that he wants to get to the bottom of what's really ailing her. Uh, you know, she is admitted to the ED because she tries to claw her eyes out. And, you know, once she gets there, once she's in the ED, she then tries to stab herself in front of Alex and her parents. And so, you know, Alex having a history of, of mental illness in his family and really going through this um, since childhood with his own mother, he is really, really intent on finding out what her actual diagnosis is. You know, he does not believe that she's schizophrenic in any capacity, Arizona and Derek are both kind of like, no, nah, you know, this tracks. Um, and they don't really believe something there could be something more. But Alex taps into Lexi, you know, his current girlfriend, and these this kind of like encyclopedia of knowledge. So Alex goes to the human uh, encyclopedia, as they kind of refer to Lexi, and, you know, is trying to drill down what it is. And so it turns out that Haley May has superior canal dehiscence syndrome. And so I found a plethora of cases going back a number of years uh, into the reasons why this can occur. And quite frankly, based on all the cases that I were reading, it's actually kind of common, right? So it is caused by, according to Johns Hopkins, it's caused by an abnormal opening in the uppermost canal of the vestibule of the inner ear. And so, you know, what I found is that often in most cases, it's a congenital phenomenon. In some cases, it can be caused by head trauma. So it's interesting because, you know, in the case of Haley May and Grey's Anatomy on this show, 
her parents were okay with the schizophrenic diagnosis because her grandfather had schizophrenia. So they just determined that it was hereditary. And so they were like, okay, you know, like, um, you know, this is what we'll deal with now. It's based on, you know, family medical history. Her grandfather was schizophrenic. So we know, you know, kind of how to manage this. But it turns out, and and they didn't really get into this on the show, which I think it would have been interesting to hear. I don't believe that hers was congenital. So hers had to have been caused by head trauma, just kind of, I, I don't know, based on the symptoms and that they were um, kind of spouting off in this episode. But symptoms can include vertigo, being triggered by loud noises, straining, loss or distortion of hearing external noises. For her, she could hear everything internally. And she was like, um, I can hear my own heartbeat. I'm hypersensitive to any and all sounds. And, you know, in some cases that I found, they can even hear the sound of their eyes moving, which is so, so interesting to me. So I wanted to ask you, are there similarities between SCDS and schizophrenia that made kind of Haley May or could make potentially any any patient subject to misdiagnosis? Or does SCDS mirror another disorder most uh, more closely? I laughed when I I heard the the symptoms that she had and the diagnosis they came up with. My initial reaction was, wait, what? Where did you get schizophrenia from? Um, so she had nausea, vomiting, vertigo, and nystagmus. Nystagmus is the one where Alex put the, the ocular device on her and you could see her eyeball moving um, rapidly um, in a horizontal fashion. You don't get that constellation of symptoms in schizophrenia. Uh, the wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. 
But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Um, I was also curious where they even got the paranoia from, um, the delusions, all of those things. The only thing that maybe they could have made an argument for was her hearing the her organs and maybe painting that as, as a hallucination, but nothing else to me based on what they presented pointed to schizophrenia at all. But if you're seeing someone with uh, schizophrenia, that's not going to be their only diagnosis, especially in early onset. They will have cognitive delays. Chances are they'll have some developmental milestone delays. They'll also they'll have both positive symptoms where you have like the delusion hallucinations and probably negative symptoms at all. Things like affect flattening. She didn't have any of those. So in my mind, I was thinking, what psychiatrist diagnosed you with schizophrenia again? It, it just seemed like a reach based on what they showed us. And then for Derek, who's the chief of neurosurgery, to look at all of these other neurological symptoms and be like, yeah, she's just, it's paranoid schizophrenia. Or I, was it Arizona or Derek who said, like, I think this is, she's a crazy or something like that. I was just like... It was Arizona because I also was like, I do not like this terminology yes. that she's using. It's it's wild. It's upsetting. It's not correct at all. But it was definitely Arizona because I remember thinking, I can't believe they kept no. this line in there. It's so very insensitive. So. I mean, I understand it's a TV show and and you're you're going for that entertainment value, but they have to understand that their audience, like who your audience is, and with much power and, and that, that comes with, with how big the show was and on some level still is today, I kind of wish they, they were more careful because they don't really have a lot of featured psychiatric or potentially psychiatric cases. And so I was disappointed by, by some of the things that they depicted in this episode. Yeah, that alone, I definitely was like, you know, it, it's true. I mean, people often watch medical dramas. And so Grey's is no different, obviously. People are watching especially during a time where they may not know if something is going on with them or they may not know what is going on with them, but they know that something's not right. And so oftentimes, I mean, you know, people use medical TV shows to do the same in some capacity, you know, whether we agree with it or not. And so having that kind of language and that terminology can be potentially damaging for sure. So no, I I 100% agree. So I have to ask you, they missed the mark (laughs) with schizophrenia in this episode completely. But Alex stays the course. We find out, you know, what the proper diagnosis is. She has surgery. She immediately, immediately <laughs> is like back to her herself. I mean, truly, it feels like within 10 minutes, she's, she's back to herself. So I have to ask, did you find this episode to be a realistic depiction of her true diagnosis? And as a viewer, what did you want to see more of? Similarly to you, when I watch shows like this, they're so unrealistic. And I have to remind myself, they're primarily there for drama and entertainment. 
This is not a factual show. This is not a show that you should get legitimate or accurate information about your medical or uh, mental health at all. Um, from that standpoint, there was that beautiful love story, um, which is great with the surprise happy ending given Grey's Anatomy's um, track history. Um, there was the push and pull of like, will they, won't they, uh, with regards to McSteamy and um, Alex and um, Lexi. The medical part is lacking. Like it is just complete rubbish. And the part about, oh, we just used the cadaver bone and now she's just back to normal. The vertical is just completely sorted. There's no healing process. Everything's just great. I understand with a show, you have to wrap things up. Realistically speaking, no, it takes time for people to actually heal. They'll probably still have um, some of the deficits. And then as the bone heals, then your vestibular system recalibrates and you have less of the nausea, nystagmus, uh, vomiting, vertigo. And so that's how it would probably play out realistically for Haley May in this episode. In terms of what's lacking, it depends on what you're looking for with a show like this. If you are looking to be um, to gain medical knowledge, you are going to be disappointed. If you're looking for that love story with like some medical overtone undertones, then this is your this is your show. I I'm still a fan of Grey's Anatomy, and I was entertained, and I loved seeing Christina, as I mentioned earlier. So if I'm looking at it through that lens, mission accomplished for entertainment value. <laughs> always, always, because I'm here for all of the relationship drama. Listen, I'm always here for Mark wearing his heart on his sleeve after literally being told off by Callie. Like Callie said, boy, if you don't pull it together and just go back to Lexi, because what you're doing is ridiculous. So pull your life together. Yes. But I do agree. Listen, we all know that like Grace has a limited amount of time and they have a lot of patient cases uh, that they try to tackle at one time. So listen, Haley May is brand new, but to your point, I was thinking, oh my goodness, her vertigo just mm -hmm. would not disappear, you know, within a <laughs> few hours. <laughs> she would definitely still be struggling. Um, arguably, she might be more nauseous, you know, after having the procedure as her body really tries to adjust um, before she gets like more nauseous before she ends up, you know, getting rid of the nausea mm -hmm. completely. So, you know, she had a long way to go, but baby, we only have five minutes. So, I mean, in those five <laughs> minutes, <laughs> Haley May is back to normal and her parents are thrilled that, you know, that she is properly diagnosed and Alex is living the high life. And he's so excited because his new girlfriend helped him out. And little mm. does he know your new girlfriend is about to get a husband and is not going to be you. So surprise, I don't know, but yes. So just thank you so much for joining the show. I had a really, really great time. Is there anything else you want to share as, as we're talking about misconceptions in this episode and how people can be easily misdiagnosed in certain scenarios? Is there anything else that you want to share? Yeah, I like the shift of people being more open these days about what they're struggling with. Um, mentally like making their their mental health a priority and being public about it and so that that shift gives me a lot of hope that people who need to be seen and work through certain things that have happened in their life will actually show up to see someone to help them 
your best friend is a nice venting partner, but they cannot fix everything. So I, I like that movement and I hope that people will continue to prioritize their mental health, um, both in real life and on these shows. But like you said, it was just great talking to you about this episode. Um, it was wonderful to go back and see a show that I haven't seen in quite some time and to revisit quote unquote old friends. For us here that just loves Grays, we consider them friends and family as we're watching the show. And we are like, let's rejoin with these oh, chaotic people. Um, but I mean, honestly, the chaos, the drama, that's that why is. we watch. That's why we watch because it is so intriguing. But I love what you said. It's true. I love these open dialogues and open conversations because they are definitely necessary. So just thanks for coming on On Call with KB. Happy to be here. Well, that's it for this episode of On Call with KB. Join us each and every Thursday for brand new episodes where I chat with an expert and a super fan about the science behind the scenes. Until then. Listen to On Call with KB on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.